0: We are back with the second part of our conversation with Ms. Narang where we were decoding the mysteries of karma. Ms. Narang, in the previous episode, you spoke about how karma is a fundamental mechanism of our existence and that our karma identifies with self, our activities and everything that happens in our lives are nothing but divinely ordained karmic reactions. If that is true, can you please tell us Why do we see so many vikarmis enjoying the opulence of
1: life happily? Yes, that is one question that troubles almost each one of us. The answer to this is that every action that we perform is like a seed sown. Just as different seeds, such as rice seeds or mango seeds, bear their fruits at different rates, different timings, so do different karmic seeds. But while we can discard the ripe produce if it turns out bad, unfortunately we cannot discard the bad fruit of our karmic seeds. We have to either eat or suffer every single karmic fruit that we have sown. Also, it's quite possible that we enjoy the old harvest first and then come to the bad produce after a certain period of time. Napoleon Bonaparte enjoyed his life and rule till his good karma lasted, but he had to die a sad death in solitude with his rapidly declining health. Similarly, Dhritarashtra in Mahabharata was a hunter 50 births back and once threw a burning net on a tree, causing a hundred birds to be burnt to death, while the remaining birds flew away, but became blind due to the scorching heat. Due to the effect of this sin, he was destined to remain blind and also lose his hundred sons in the Kurukshetra war. Then he had to wait for an opportune time for about 50 births, during which time he earned and accumulated enough pious deeds to attain the merit to be eligible enough to get a hundred sons in one lifetime. So Krishna says in the Bhagavad Gita that karma works in complex ways, difficult to understand. He knows best what reaction has to be given at what time and under what conditions. Therefore, some reactions may come in this lifetime, some in the next, and some in a distant future lifetime. The lifespan of our soul is not simply from birth to death in our present body, but it encompasses the baggage of actions of our previous lifetimes too. That indeed was insightful.
0: But tell me, I am quite happy the way I am.
1: Why do I need to understand karma? Let me just rephrase your statement. You mean to say, At present, I think I am happy the way I am. But this feeling is bound to change as nothing is permanent in this world. Krishna calls this world Tukhalayam Ashashvatam a temporary world which is a house of miseries. The workings of karma tally with the English saying, the mills of God grind slowly, but they grind exceedingly fine. Sooner or later, every single action of ours will be accounted for. In a scriptural sense, karma primarily means actions done in accordance with one's duties prescribed in the revealed scriptures. Vikarma refers to the actions done contrary to the scriptures by the misuse of one's free will and they take one down to the lower forms of life. But it is vitally important for us to know that even if we do good karma, That good karma will also bring good reactions and this means we will still have to stay in this material world to enjoy those good reactions. For example, if somebody offers free water taps in charity, that is certainly good karma. But the reaction for that would be that he will have to take another birth in which he will never suffer from shortage of water. He might take birth near a lake or a river. Similarly, if somebody gives school textbooks in charity, then in his next life, he might become the owner of a printing factory. But this birth in this material world means he has to grow old, get diseased, has to die and has to suffer miseries of material existence. Thus, even by good karma we can't get out of this material world because good karma is not necessarily godly karma or a karma as long as we are forgetful of God we stay on and on in this material world the real way to come out of this material world which is a place of suffering is by developing our devotional service towards God which is actually a karma which we all must aspire for So, are are you trying to
0: say that we should shun the material world totally and live with a trust in God, accepting whatever life has to offer to you without resistance, judgment or expectation? Such a life would be closer
1: to sannyas, wouldn't it? Honestly, we wouldn't be able to do that because we are all active souls. Our innate nature is to be active. And akarma here, which translates literally as no activity, actually does not mean inactivity. But it means activity that brings no reaction. Activity that frees one from the cycle of birth and death. Devotional service to the Lord is akarma. It brings the ultimate freedom from all karmic entanglement because by its very nature, it is a transcendental activity. The precise science of karma, Das, is not a science of condemnation. It is the science of redemption. Its message is not, you are sinful, so you must suffer. But its messages, whatever be your past karma for which you are suffering now, just surrender to God and he will shower his mercy on you and save you.
0: I get your point. A karma does not mean sitting idle or doing nothing. It means activities that do not bind us to the material world, but activities or devotional services that are pleasing to God and do not invite any karmic manifestations.
1: Is that correct? Bingo! You got that right. A karma is that neutral stage, that neutral platform, where our actions do not accrue any reactions. And, like I said before, a karma is devotional service towards the Lord. So, this devotional service provides us with four valuable gifts one, discrimination of right and wrong, two, the determination to follow the right and avoid the wrong, three, minimization of all our sinful reactions, and four, inner strength to face the suffering. In conclusion, irrespective of whatever our past karma may be, the spiritually scientific process of devotional service towards Lord is the best path to the highest happiness in this life and the next.
0: Thank you so much, Miss Sonal Narang, for your insightful thoughts. We feel uplifted and enriched. Stay blessed and we look forward to having you with us again. May God bless you for the wonderful work you are doing and keep on uplifting souls wherever you go. Realigning Consciousness with School of Unlearning